Welcome into the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm Billy Derrick alongside Joey Dwyer, and we are presented by The Wash House. Are you dreading laundry day? Is it stealing time to do the things that you truly enjoy? Let the laundry professionals at The Wash House take care of that for you. With two convenient locations in the greater Nashville area, just drop off your dirty laundry, and our professional attendants can give you back the one thing you can never have enough of, your time. Within 24 hours, you can pick up your nicely folded, fresh and clean laundry ready to put away. Check them out at thewashhouseclean.com. That's washhouseclean.com and stop in today and get your time back. All right, Joey, let's get into it. We're talking uh, we're talking basketball in the middle of uh, of fall camp, uh, but there, there's some interest. Obviously, there's um, I guess you could say hype heading into uh, th- this season with, of course, Tyron Lawrence coming back. We're going to get into a variety of topics. We're gonna we're gonna really dive into this program's front court, though, and and, and we know about the back court, right? We know about Tyron Lawrence and, and Ezra Mignon and those guys, and I'm sure we'll. We'll do an episode dedicated to Vanderbilt's backcourt, but the frontcourt, and I'm glad we're doing this one first, Joey, because it's, you know, I I wouldn't say Stackhouse is um, necessarily worried about it, but you know that that, that's going to be a an area in position of um, of some concern for for Vanderbilt fans at least at least to start the season, uh, just just because of some of the uncertainty, of course, with Liam Robbins gone. So we're going to dive into uh, Vanderbilt's frontcourt and break down what Vanderbilt fans can expect uh, from that uh, that position group, I guess you could say. I'm so used to the football terminology, um, the heading into this basketball season. And uh, and then we'll take some mailbag questions. So um, we'll go here for about 40, 45 minutes or so. And uh, of course, towards the end, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you guys an idea of, uh, of some things to come during basketball season and stuff like that. But, uh, but Joey, let's go ahead and dive in. The, the, the Vanderbilt front court. And of course, like I said, we're going to do an episode, an episode dedicated to the back court, uh, and then maybe a few other storylines and topics leading up to the start of the season. You're the basketball guy. You were there last season. Uh, just initially, after last season, you know what you saw from Liam Robbins, uh, before we dive into the players, wh- what do you think as a whole Vanderbilt fans can expect from, uh, from, from that forward and, and center position in the front court? Right. Thank you, Billy. Uh, great job on the ad read. Uh, for our first real podcast together, I know we got on with Tyler Tanner, but I appreciate you talking basketball with me uh, during fall camp. I know a lot of sites would not have basketball programming at this point, but I'm glad we do. Uh, and that's why I'm here. So I appreciate you. But yeah, I mean, the front court's certainly a place where I'm concerned. And uh, I think it's far and away the position group with the most questions in the backcourt. There's really I mean, there's questions, obviously, as to how they stack up with other groups in the league, but we've seen it before with them, and we've seen what Ezra Mignon and Tyron Lawrence can do. Uh, and then you look on the wing, there's questions, but Evan Taylor's an old guy who shot it well, um, albeit at a lower level, but has played well against Power 5 opponents. Colin Smith, uh, I think, is kind of a tweener front court wing guy, so we'll probably talk about him a little bit more today. But overall, I think this is certainly the group with – the most uh, question marks last year had plenty of expectation with Liam Robbins and he blew that away. Chris and I talked about that a lot in the preseason last year. And uh, we knew that if he could stay healthy, he had a chance to be their best player and he was their best player. I think by a decent stretch as well. Um, Vanderbilt's not going to get that production um, from anyone in the front court this year. I hate to break anyone's bubbles. Um, Really. I think what I'm expecting out of this front court in an ideal world is that, Maybe you have a guy step up is who step up who could be their 
fourth, fifth score. Uh, maybe that's Van Allen Lubin. Maybe that's someone else. Um, but generally what I think you'd hope for from them is that they could just keep from getting beaten on the boards and they'd have maybe one or two guys who can go and block a few shots, do some dirty work. I think the expectation level for me with this group is pretty low um, in terms of offensive output and frankly, defensive output to an extent too. I think they have a few guys who uh, have struggled in the past at times with staying on the floor. Other guys have struggled with defense in general. And then um, probably the guy who's going to be their starting center, Val Lubin, has undersized and struggled a little bit with uh, guys like Armando Baycott in the ACC last year. And then the summer playing with team USA um, struggled with some grown men who are a little older than him and a little bigger than him struggled to kind of slow them down and uh, really come into his own offensively. I think he's probably a little farther along than Lee Dort, um, but Lee Dort has the highest ceiling. And then Comateros I talked to a few days ago, uh, views himself as more of a glue guy in that front court. And I think, Carter Lang is probably a little bit away from giving them as many minutes as the other guys. So, uh, Billy, I'm concerned. I think there's some guys with upside in this group, but uh, I don't expect the production from this front court that you saw last year with the two vets and then Lee Dort as the third big. I think Lee Dort's going to have to grow up a little bit more quickly this year as opposed to last year where you knew what you were getting from one and two in that uh, room. Yeah, obviously, Joey, when Liam Robbins uh, is no longer on the roster and and even, you know, present on the bench, like like there was moments last year where, uh, you know, he wasn't playing, but he was still, you know, supporting the team on the bench. And, you know, I, I just remember realizing that last year, how good of a, not just a player, you know, take away how talented uh, he he is and especially you know was the last couple of years at Vanderbilt but um he you know he was a really good teammate uh, I know you got to you know form a little bit of a relationship with him and uh Vanderbilt's going to miss you know his presence and and his um you know just him as a human being more than you know more than anything I think now obviously he's he's a talented guy so they're going to miss his, his his shot making and his his shot blocking uh, ability uh but out Liam Robbins I think you know you know, first first instinct is in Lee Dort. So you know, and obviously Jerry Stackhouse brought in Comateros, uh, a guy that you know you have put a piece out on, and I think is an interesting case study, right? He's you know, and we've talked about Comateros, and and obviously I think some Vanderbilt fans are excited about what he can bring, but it'll probably have to be you know managed well, you know, early in the season by the coaching staff about you know where they. Uh, when they play him, where, what position they play him? Does he play at the four? Does he have to play at the five at all? Uh, so Joey Vanderbilt's going to be smaller. Um, they won't be, well, they won't be as physical. But then again, last year, Joey, they weren't a super physically imposing front court. Now, now Robbins was was a, he was a physical presence, um, but you know he wasn't kind of your prototypical SEC big man that you know will you know, body you up and bruise you up and, and, you know, you're, you're, you want, you're wanting to hop in the ice bath after the game, you know, but not saying he wasn't physical, but he was a different type of, uh, of, of five, you know, and he could, he could play the four if he had to at certain times. So, yeah, I don't know that Vanderbilt's going to be as versatile as they were last year. I mean, Liam Robbins just created so many, so many different mismatches throughout the lineup. Um, But I want to, I want to go ahead and start with the players and obviously, Lee Dort uh, is 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 the guy I think you have to start with, Joey. What did you see from him last year that you liked, and you know, do you think how quickly do you think he can improve on that and become the guy they need him to be? Because you know, if Vanderbilt wants to make the NCAA tournament, 
Lee Dort has to hold up his end of the bargain. Right. I think it's an interesting point you bring up as to how kind of the front court has changed before I go into Lee Dort. Uh, I think last year you kind of saw Vanderbilt shift towards the more modern types of bigs with Liam Robinson, QMB, rim roller, shot blocker, um, maybe not straight up post up guys, although Robbins was one of the best Vanderbilt has had. More of like a stretch the floor, rim rolling type guy. QMB was more of a rim roller, uh, kind of dirty work guy as well. So I think Vanderbilt kind of shifts more towards the old school type of big this year that um, is going to have to go get it in the post a little bit more. Um, and although it's not a direct comparison because Van Lubin, I think, is probably going to be more of a roller than he is a post-up guy. Dort's going to be uh, probably a mix of both and Comitera, so I think is probably a better pick and roll big. Uh, but I, it feels like Vanderbilt is kind of going back in time a little bit as opposed to what it had last year and kind of that ultra-modern front court. Um, but going to Lee Dort, uh, I think his development this offseason is probably the most important out of anyone on Vanderbilt's roster. Um, and I've kind of thought that all offseason. Um Ben on Lubin, it's more far along. I think he'll be the starter. Um, you know what you have in him, but the ceiling is higher with Lee Dort. Uh, you saw, if you asked what I like, I mean, I've liked the same things for three, four years. This guy was huge. He's athletic. Um, he's a specimen and uh, makes plays around the rim, is a good athlete. Um, what we're waiting on, though, is can he stay on the floor, whether that be injury? Um, there's some rumblings of, an injury uh, this summer that he's in a boot for right now. That's not incredibly severe by the sounds of it, but something to note is he had a foot injury during the season, missed some time. And now it seems like that's popping up again for more on that, go on the board. But uh, Lee Dort is a guy who needs this off season. And uh, it's a little concerning to see that injury pop up again, but also in terms of fouling, I think is a thing to notice to whether he can stay on the floor. I think, I've heard this offseason a good amount that he's in better shape and better playing shape. If that's true, that's going to translate into him being able to use his feet a little bit more, use his frame rather than using his hands because he's behind a play uh, or having to use his body to make up for uh, getting blown by or whatever. I think the fouling will be a little bit better, but I think that's still a question mark. And Jerry Sack also seemed to have some concerns as to how far his offensive game was developed last year. I wouldn't say that. Uh, he thought he was a complete project, but he mentioned every time I asked him, uh, he mentioned something like, I don't like how he throws that left hook. Uh, I want to see better shot selection. I want to see him take his time a little bit more. And uh, I think that's a fair criticism if you're going to make it. And uh, like I said, Lee Dort, I think, has the highest ceiling out of anybody in this group. He's the most prototypical SEC big, top 50 recruit by rivals coming out of high school. Obviously had an offer sheet that is more impressive than – probably 90% of the players on Vanderbilt's roster. So there's a lot to like here, um, but we haven't seen it yet in long stretches, whether it's due to injury, whether it's due to fouling, or whether it's due to Liam Robbins being ahead of him. This is Lee Dort's time, and uh, if he can't go get it now, I think Vanderbilt might have to move forward with Van Allen Lubin as the starter in future years. And uh, they're certainly going to be behind the eight ball this year in the front court as they try to deal with SEC front courts that are bigger and stronger and taller and to an extent more athletic than them as well. Yeah, and I started with with Lee Dort there just because, you know, he was on the roster last year and and he, you know, he he played a a good bit at least down the stretch, you know, when he was healthy. Um I like how you mentioned the health aspect of this uh, and unironically, you know, I, he he goes down. I think he's banged up right now. Um you know, obviously I don't, I've heard it's not too severe, so we'll have to see where that goes, but you know, you 
you sort of look back at his story and, and how he even came to Vanderbilt, his, um, you know, he had been taken in by uh, the Shelby family. You know, he, he great best friends with, with Noah Shelby. And that, that was well chronicled in, in, in his path uh, to Vanderbilt. Noah Shelby is now at Rice and, um, you know, Lee Dort decided to stay at Vanderbilt, you know, and, and I'm sure he was, he was pulled in, in that direction, maybe occasionally. Um, and I mean, I don't know, I don't know how hard and, and if there were even other schools that, uh, that might have saw his game and looked at him. But I think this was a situation where Lee Dort looked at uh, his future at Vanderbilt and saw um, a path. He, he saw a, a, a good future at Vanderbilt. And I think Vanderbilt fans can see that too. I mean, Joey, there were, there were flashes. Um, I don't know that they were sustained flashes, but they were, you know, in, in sustained minutes in a game. Uh, but there would be, you know, two to three minutes in a game where Lee Dort makes, makes a couple of blocks, you know, uh, puts a put put back layup or a dunk in there and you know kind of it excites the crowd and, and excites uh Vanderbilt fans for his future so uh, yeah I brought Lee Dort up first before Van Allen Lubin uh for that reason you know because he played last year and I think at least you know he earns that uh I, I guess top billing uh but that brings us Joey uh, to Van Allen Lubin, a guy that, uh, of course, played at Notre Dame. You're very familiar with that Notre Dame program, of course, having covered them. Um, obviously, I don't think you covered him, but you're familiar with his game. Um, what does he bring, and, and how does he compare to the other front court players on Vanderbilt's team? Because I think if you watch his film, you recognize the athleticism, right? You recognize that he can he can rim run. And I think we talked the other day about – uh, how dangerous he could be in that uh, in that pick and roll game with uh, with Ezra Mignon and Tyron Lawrence. So, uh, Joey, I, I, and we've talked about this too about his his shooting ability that obviously has to improve, and I'm sure it will under Coach Stackhouse. Um, but w- what do you like most about his game, and how do you think he fits uh, in this Vanderbilt scheme? I think particularly this year, what I like the most is that he does the dirty work really really well. He's only six eight, so he's not going to be your Liam Robbins in terms of physically overwhelming guys, but he's built, um, he's strong. He's a great pick and roll big who's working on his post-up game a little bit, working on the shot. I think he's a little bit far from what he can be offensively in the future. I know Notre Dame fans compared him to Bonzi Colson when he committed. I never thought that was a great comp, but it shows you kind of what people think of his face-up game and what it could become and what we saw flashes up at the high school level. I covered his recruitment, but not his actual Notre Dame career. Uh, So I am familiar with him and I'm more familiar with his high school profile than what he did at Notre Dame, actually. But uh, I know the Notre Dame old staff loved Van Allen Lubin. He made a lot of waves before his freshman year at Notre Dame and uh, made some waves in the Vanderbilt fan base this year uh, as well, playing with Team USA, uh, where he averaged five points a game, 5.7 boards. And those are maybe not exactly the type of bigs you're going to see in the SEC, but good bigs and uh, quality bigs that could play D1 basketball and a lot of them probably do uh, averaging those rebound numbers against them. And I think the offensive rebounding numbers at Notre Dame really stood out as well. I think he's a really capable offensive rebounder and uh, a guy who can really play off of Vanderbilt's guards. Well, uh, I don't know that he's going to be what lead or it is uh, if they both hit their ceilings, but um, he's a guy this year who I think will help them a lot in terms of just rebounding um, playing out of the pick and roll. And then obviously doing a lot of the dirty work down low can block shots a little bit. I wouldn't say he has a full rim protector label on him. Like Liam Robbins does Uh, maybe not even as good of a shot blocker as QMB, but he's a little more physical than QMB was. Um, 
I think he does a lot of really good things. Uh, that being said, though, I think he's got some work to do in terms of developing his post game, uh, developing uh, the face up game and the outside shot shot at just 11% from three last year, one for 11 in Notre Dame. Uh, I think that's obviously somewhere that Notre Dame thought he was going to be a little bit better in and didn't make a three this summer with a few attempts as well. So I wouldn't say I'm confident in that shot, but I'm confident that at some point in his career, he can become a threat from out there. I think that's really what's important for him. Maybe that doesn't happen this year, but maybe it happens his junior or senior year, kind of like Liam Robbins did where maybe later in the year, he starts to hit a few shots. Now you have to actually guard him out there and it opens up the floor for Ezra Romano and Tyron Lawrence to get downhill and make plays at the rim. And I think, um, he's just going to be a really nice complimentary piece and a good fit for this roster, even if he's not going to be your third scorer or fourth scorer. I think it's probably Evan Taylor and Colin Smith. Maybe he's a better scorer than one of those two, but uh, Van Allen Lubin, I think, is going to be a nice piece for them that is going to be able to step up once in a while, but um, otherwise is going to be a really capable complimentary piece. You mentioned Colin Smith and Evan Taylor. Uh, are we considering those two guys in the front court, at least for this episode? <laughs> uh, I'm considering Colin Smith. I think Evan Taylor will probably play mostly at the three. I think Smith Smith's an interesting case study for me because I think where he's better for Vanderbilt is the four, stretching the floor, hitting shots, guarding the SEC fours. But probably for his future, what's better is um, him playing the three and showing that he has guard skills and he can handle the ball a little bit, which we didn't see a whole lot as freshman year. Didn't really get by guys a whole lot, but – Uh, He's reportedly had a really nice summer and has done a lot of really good work on his body. And I think that's the guy Vanderbilt expects to take the biggest leap this year. So I'd assume some of that comes with guard skills that he's shown and he showed it a little bit in the NIT and uh, SEC tournament, but I wouldn't rely on that yet. Uh, So I would probably say right now I'd suit him better at the four. I think Vanderbilt's better with the guards they have playing a more modern spread out style. Yeah, I, I I say that because it's interesting. On the, on the roster, it's got Evan Taylor, Malik Presley, and Jason Rivera Torres all as guards slash forward. Um, and then you know you've also got uh, let's see, Colin Smith as a forward. But Colin Smith will play some guard as well. Uh, but one more thing on Van Allen, Van Allen Lubin, interesting name by the way too. I mean one of the <laughs> one of the more unique game uh, names that Vanderbilt's ever had. Um, you know he turned down Miami. Which, which I thought was was really interesting. Miami, a program under Jim Laranega that, um, I mean, has has been consistently an NCAA tournament team that has has produced uh, NBA talent and uh, you know especially post talent of of Venom and Lubin's type, you know, and, and so I, I think that's something to point out that that Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, you know, were able to, uh, I don't know if you would say pluck him away from Miami, but you know, sort of. Uh, steer him towards Nashville instead of Coral Gables. So I wanted to throw that in there. Um, real quick, Joey, let's get to Colin Smith. I'm going to go ahead and throw him into the front court. I mentioned he would he will play a little bit of guard, um, and I probably should have mentioned him at the top. But Colin Smith is a guy that um, I just remember playing a little bit more three than four last year. And so you know he'll he'll mix and match. I'm sure again this year, but you know, for Vanderbilt, what do you expect from Colin Smith this season? Because last season, Joey, I thought I was really impressed with what he showed, especially down the stretch last year. Yeah, I'd expect more of the same, but with better shooting percentages. And then maybe you're seeing, you're seeing a little bit more guard skill shown off. I think he's a really good rebounder. Um, I think he spreads the floor well, has potential to do more than what he did. I think Stackhouse trusted him a little bit more at the end of the year to kind of show what he could do. He shot it really poorly at the beginning of conference play. 
Uh, and he would tell you that. I know I talked to him at the SEC tournament and he told me uh, I shot it very poorly for a while, but now I'm shooting it a little bit better now. So I think the confidence is there. Shot only 39% from the field. I expect him to shoot it around when he shot it, 37.6% from three-point range. That's really solid, but I'd expect him to expand it a little bit inside the arc and expand kind of his scoring arsenal in general, averaged only 4.7 points a game this year. So uh, there's been a lot of buzz around Colin Smith this offseason, probably the most out of any Vanderbilt player by a significant margin. If you have a conversation with someone around the Vanderbilt program or in the Vanderbilt program about this summer and uh, what's happened at those practices, Colin Smith's the name that always comes up and the work that he's done to his body always comes up and um, just the improvements he's made in general. So I'd expect a lot from Colin Smith this year, maybe to be their third scorer uh, and maybe to be a guy who takes a significant leap. I've also heard Paul Lewis and Ezra Mignon's name uh, with those sentiments, but not quite as much and not quite as boldly. So uh, Colin Smith's a guy I'd expect something more from. Uh, maybe it's more of the same. Maybe you see a little bit more of those guard skills being shown off and him making plays off the bounce, which we didn't see a whole lot last year, or just off of closeouts, really. Yeah, Colin Smith. I mean, I remember watching the SEC tournament last year, Joey, and and you know, kind of being pleasantly surprised by you know what what you saw from from Colin. And he, you know, he's a guy that I look at. I look at his body type, and I, you know, he sort of reminds me of a Jerry Stackhouse type of player. Uh, you know, I mean, Jerry obviously was an old school guy, but if I mean, if you watch Jerry's highlights. You know, he could shoot the ball well, not not, you know, not blow you away well, but he could consistently hit the three point shot. But he was also a little bit of a slasher, you know, good rebounder, athletic, can run the floor. So I think he likes what he's got in Colin Smith. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he put a true serum to uh, to Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, He would tell you that Colin Smith reminds him a little bit of himself, Um, you know, so I, I think that intrigues. Um, Vanderbilt fans and Jerry Stackhouse for that matter so Colin Smith obviously is uh, is another guy to watch and I've heard some really good things and so have you Joey uh, in the offseason about what he has done uh, on the practice floor of course it's not like football where we are able to go uh, <laughs> you know and watch preseason basketball practice um, Joey there may be a scrimmage or two open I'm not sure I, I think they uh, they usually do that, at least, especially I know their pro days um, are, are usually open to the media. So, uh, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll continue to monitor that and, and see where that goes. Uh, but let's move on to another young guy in Tassos. Well, I don't even know if you'd call him a young guy, actually. He's a graduate. No, I would not. Um, yeah. I, I, I saw his name, newcomer. Let's say newcomer, not young guy. He's the opposite of a new guy. Tassos Comatero, 6'8, 240, out of Greece. And, uh, Joey, you know, honestly, I don't know a ton about this guy. I mean, I, obviously, I know he's an international guy. He's a different style of player. Uh, but for, for Vandy fans that really don't know what they're getting uh, from him, how would you describe his game? Um, first of all, I'll talk about uh, his story because I think that's worth mentioning. I wrote a story earlier this week, talked to him on the phone, I think last Tuesday for about 35 minutes, I think. Um he was a so he was in Greece as a high schooler. Went through his senior year, went on a few unofficial visits, ended his senior year with no offers. Um, decided to give basketball one last chance. Took a gap year, um, played in the second division in Greece. Didn't have an offer. Got a PWO offer to South Dakota, preferred walk on. Didn't even know what walk on meant at that point. Didn't speak English very well. Came to South Dakota. Um, didn't get in really till conference play. 
Uh, their starter went down with foul trouble. So he went in, guarded a guy who ended up being an all-league player uh, in the Summit League, got a few stops. They ended up winning that game and gets in for the rest of the year. Then the season's canceled with COVID. He goes to his coach's office to meet before he heads back to Greece um, for the quarantine and such. And is surprised to hear he gets a scholarship, ends up becoming a double-digit scorer for two years in the Summit League, puts his name in the portal, and ends up at Vanderbilt. So it's a really cool story. Go read it at VandySports.com. If you haven't, Tassos was a really good interview, good guy. Um, but as to for his game, I think if, if Vanderbilt fans are familiar with Carter Lang, think Carter Lang, but right-handed, older, and an inch shorter, inch shorter, a little less athletic. Uh, commentators use himself as a glue guy who can play the four and the five. I kind of view him the same way. My biggest concern with him is can he guard either of those positions effectively in the SEC? Um, he didn't perform super well against high majors uh, when he did play against them at South Dakota. Um, I just envision him having to guard Colin Smith at the four and Vanal Lubin at the five. And I don't love that just because I don't know how nimble he is. I think he's done a lot of work on his body uh, to try to effectively do that. Uh, and he's willing to accept whatever role they give him, but I would ex- expect him to come off the bench, um, maybe be featured a little more than Emmanuel Ansong, but kind of fill that same type of role of uh, come and give him some energy. Ansong is more of an energy guy. Commentaris is going to be more of a guy who comes in and tries to light things up with a few threes. Uh, also, his passing ability, I think, is really, really solid, especially uh, with his back to the basket. Uh, I think that's something that stands out on his tape. I don't know how much we'll see that at Vanderbilt, but that's something he prizes himself on. And he's a lot different than their other bigs. He mentioned to me that the biggest adjustment for him has just been the athleticism. And he admitted, I'm not the athlete that these guys are with Lubin or Dort. He's not that he's not going to be that. I wouldn't expect that. I'd expect him to look overmatched athletically at times, but he's going to try to make up for that with his IQ and with his ability to stretch the floor. He's got a little bit of post game, not quite as much as Vanderbilt's other bigs, uh, maybe a little more developed post game, but not as natural of a post guy and or as high ceiling of a post guy as the other two. But I think he can be a nice guy off the bench for them this year. And where I think he's really valuable is in terms of them wanting to play matchups, Van Allen Lubin's probably going to be your everyday guy. Lee Dort's going to come in when you're facing like a Colin Castleton and you have to just throw the house at him on defense. Comateros probably isn't going to do super well in a matchup like that or Tolu Smith, but he is going to come in and probably stretch the floor a little bit if they want to open up the lane for Mignon and Lawrence. He could play the four or the five, probably a little better suited at the four in the SEC but I think he can do some good things for him. Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be an all-league guy? Probably not. Maybe closer to the sixth man than the starter if he gets there. I think he'll probably be closer to the seventh or eighth man, though. But he'll do some good things for him. I just don't know if I'm as high on him as a lot of people were when he committed. He's a good dude, though, and I think he can give them some good things. All right, let's uh, close out the player portion because we've still got some questions to get to in the mailbag. Uh, but, Joey, let's go to J.Q. Roberts and Carter Lang, uh, both freshmen coming into the program, both about 6'8", uh, 6'9". Six, six, J.Q. is uh, 210 pounds. Carter Lang's a little bit bigger at 245 pounds. They're both um, both from uh, – the well, I guess Carter Lang's from Virginia – 
and then uh, JQ's from the Midwest. Midwest, but obviously, you know, those two guys had really good high school careers. Um, you know, and and they obviously produced, and uh, you know, they seem to be guys that project well in Jerry Stackhouse's system. Obviously, Stackhouse hasn't. Um, maintained a good majority of his freshman recruiting classes over the years. But, you know, I think I look at this class and, and, and say that he's got a shot at maintaining this class. Now, of course, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out, but JQ Roberts and then Carter Lang, what, what, uh, what can Vandy fans expect from those two young guys? Right. So I think Lang is more of the prototypical front court guy than JQ. I think JQ is kind of like Smith and that he's more of a three, four tweener. Um, JQ is the best athlete on the roster. Stackhouse said on signing day or a little bit after it that he didn't think he recruited an athlete like JQ to Vanderbilt really ever. I think Cohen Carr was the only other guy they recruited that was even close to as good of an athlete. But JQ, I think, has a little bit of work to do in terms of his offensive game. Uh, defense, I think, could use a little bit of work too. Um, I don't know how much he sees the floor. I think the freshman that sees the floor the most out of him, Presley and Rivera Torres is Rivera Torres, but I think JQ can do some nice things for him uh, in terms of just being an athlete. If he can hit shots, that would be huge for his development and him seeing the floor early. Lang, I think, is probably going to be hard-pressed to see the floor at this point um, just because of the three veteran bigs above him. And I think if they had faith that he would be a regular contributor, they wouldn't have got Comateros to play in front of him. So Lang, I think, probably both of them I wouldn't expect a whole lot from this year. Um, Lang, I think, has a lot of upside. Reminds me a lot of Comateros, actually. Roberts, I don't know if Vanderbilt's really had a comparable player. I think I'm really interested to see how that offensive uh, skill set profiles at the college level, whether he's he ends up as a guy who could go get it off the bounce at some point or if he's going to just be a corner-to-corner guy. I'm really interested to see, but that athleticism plays. And it'll play freshman year, even if his body's not ready, even if his offensive skill set isn't quite as ready, but they have bodies in front of the, both those guys at this point to me. All right, Joe, we got a lot of good questions actually uh, and, right. uh, from, uh, from the, uh, the Vanderbilt fans on the board and uh, we're going to hop into the mailbag. It's sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at 615-846-6200 to see where your rights are and if they can help. All right, let's start out with Vandy fan underscore 23. He says, last season it felt like Tyron Lawrence was seen as the X factor, and if he could improve, then so would Vanderbilt. Who do you think that player is this year? I don't know if we'll see a jump like Tyron Lawrence's last year. I think that was really important to the team, and I think uh, it was really all in front of him last year. I think Smith ends up taking the biggest leap out of anybody. I'm not sure he's the X factor because I think they could do without him being a double-digit scorer. Um, but I think he ends up taking the biggest leap and maybe becoming a double-digit scorer from a guy who averaged less than five points a game. Dort's development is the most important, though. They don't have size like him, and they're going to need what he brings them. Uh, If Smith doesn't take the leap, we expect they're going to get production from Taylor and maybe Rivera-Torres. If Dort doesn't take a step, where do they get that production from? I don't know. Uh, So that one's really important for them. I'll give you a two-part answer. Smith's the one who takes the biggest leap. Dort is the one who's most most important that he takes a leap. Paul Lewis also a name to talk about there. I've heard he's had or he's impressed with people this summer as well. Yeah, Paul Lewis is uh, is certainly a guy uh, guy to watch there. All right, baseball bros. We obviously are expecting good, consistent guard play, but what does the front court need to do in terms of production 
for this to be an NCAA tournament team? Perfect question because I was actually planning on bringing it up, but I forgot. So, Joey, I ask you that. What does the front court need to do uh, for this to be an NCAA tournament team? Billy, it has to be good enough. They don't have to take over any games. They don't have to get in the way of the guards. They have to rebound. They can't get eaten alive on the block. And they have to be able to provide some form of complementary scoring and some form of shot blocking. Like Lubin's probably the main offensive contributor. He's only going to give them maybe around a little less than 10 points a game. Um, so it, that's kind of what I'd expect offensively out of them. But last year at the end of the year, we saw them win while getting killed on the boards and just killed in front court production in general. They won with good guard play. Um, I don't think that's a consistent season long thing that can happen in the SEC. I think that was just them catching fire and making a run, but um, I think they have to do enough in that front court and be a little bit better than they were with just QMB towards the end of the year, which isn't that hard to do considering the personnel they have, but they're not going to be what they were last year. Obviously, Billy, I'm going to bookend my answer with the same thing I started it with. They need to be good enough. They don't need to be excellent. They need to be okay. And that's all. That's it. Yeah, and I think that's good for the uh, – if Jerry Stackhouse is listening, that's good for the staff to hear. I mean, you know, I think they would they would agree with you there. It's good for fans to hear, I think. So, all right, Joey, I've got a heart out here in about five minutes. So, quick answers here. We're going to rumble through these uh, final few questions. Number one. Is there a more, this is from VU Perrier, is there a more important front court development question than as it relates to Dort? Can he emerge as the starter and give 10 points, 10 rebounds per game without fouling out? <laughs> Billy, I suck at quick answer, so I'm going to try my best. Uh, no, there's not a more important question than that. We know what they're getting from Lubin. Ceiling's only so high on Comateros. Lang's largely blocked. Dort has the highest ceiling in that front court. Um, and there's a world where he's largely ineffective. So that's a huge question. It's a big question. Um, the fouling's an issue. There's a lot of things that uh, are question marks. As for 10 and 10, I wouldn't bet on it. I think that'd be a huge jump. Uh, later in his career, sure. Right now, I think a realistic expectation if he takes a leap of six or seven points a game with some rebounds, with some blocks, but the availability is the biggest thing and how he's progressed offensively is a huge thing as well. All right, here we go from P Universe. With the changes within the coaching staff, how do you see it affecting future recruiting? In other words, do you feel like we will be better recruit, be a better recruiting staff or a worse recruiting staff? This is a good question. I thought about this a lot. I would lean slightly better, uh, not just the staff. The staff's not the only result of that, though. I think the NIL and such surrounding them will help them a ton. Uh, what gives me optimism with them is that they essentially operated with this coaching staff the entire summer. They got Tyron Lawrence back, landed the three, three transfers, got Tyler Tanner. I think Strong is going to be a nice addition as a recruiter. I know he's been active. He knows the Southeast well. He's young. He's played at Vandy. He's done it at Vandy before. He knows about the program and what to sell, uh, what not to sell. I think he's more the recruiter out of the, new t- the two new guys. Wilkins has a good reputation as a player development guy. Uh, that's what he'll be known more for. But he was also the Stackhouse Elite AAU coach, so he knows the AAU coaches. Um, but Georgia Tech didn't have the greatest track record in the post-Alvarado-DeVoe uh, area of guard recruitment and development. Um, so I would expect Wilkins to be more of a development guy than a recruiting guy. But to make a long story short, probably slightly better, not just because of the coaches, though, because of what they're surrounded with now. All right, here's a good one from VU Matt 23 Who will be the best player off the bench? Uh, I'm assuming the five is going to be Mignon, Lawrence, Taylor, Smith, and Lubin. 
I think Lewis is the safe pick. He's supposedly taken a leap. We saw what he could do at the end of last year. Um, he's going to have minutes on the table. He's going to have reps on the table at the one and the two. Um, Rivera Torres is the pick I like. That's a little more risky as well. We'll talk about him a lot throughout the offseason, um, and we'll probably hear more about him as we go. But I think he's a risky pick, but one that could really help Vanderbilt throughout the year. All right, I'll go ahead and give the answer to this one. This is from GLH4VU. And I, I know you agree with me. He asks, is Magnon more important than Lawrence? Because I think so. I disagree. <laughs> uh, I think Tyron Lawrence, and, and I know that's, that might surprise you. And I guess you disagree with me here, Joey. But, uh, you know, I just think without without Lawrence, I don't think Magnon is as effective. Um, but for, for Tyron Lawrence, I think if he had to play point guard, he could. Um, and I don't want to spur up a debate here. And I thought we would agree, but I guess not. <laughs> Um, why I say Mignon is I said that at the beginning of the year, and I think we saw that a lot last year. Uh, when Ezra was playing bad basketball early in the year, Vanderbilt was playing bad basketball. But as he started to get going, Vanderbilt started to get going. He really opens up that whole operation. When they played LSU and Baton Rouge, he fouled out for like 10 minutes in the first half, and their offense was completely ineffective. Um, obviously, that LSU defense had, um, some length and athleticism that disrupted them. But even the drop to Paul Lewis or Trey Thomas was huge. Um, I think Lawrence did some good things early on in the year and they still lost Mignon uh, when he did some good things instantly translated into winning. And I think I was confident that they could at least be okay, even if they didn't get Lawrence back uh, if they had Mignon. All right. We're going to rumble through this one here. Evan Taylor. This is from Five Star Door. He asks, are we expecting him to be similar in impact to Rodney Chapman or to DJ Harvey? Is he a surefire yeah. starter with an immediate impact, a situational guy off the bench, or a giant shrug? So overall expectations here for Evan Taylor. I guess you kind of got to it a little bit, but real quick here. DJ Harvey is an uh, incredible name for me, being a former Notre Dame fan as well. Uh, starter, I think his shooting percentages speak for themselves. He won't average 14 points a game in the SEC, but he'll be able to complement the guards well. He'll be able to stretch the floor. Uh, he'll be able to defend. Maybe he's more of a catch-and-shoot guy now, but he'll do some really good things for them uh, as a starter, I think. All right, lastly here, Joey, last one from NBA Door. Power rank the players by NBA potential on the team. I'm not going to ask you to power rank everybody on the team, but give me your top five. Um, and maybe you can respond to that with your full rankings to be NBA door on the board. But real quick, top five here for the podcast, top five future NBA or NBA prospects, current NBA prospects on Vanderbilt's roster. Number one, Tyron Lawrence. Uh, he went through the process, wasn't going to get drafted this year, um, but he went through the process and he was on people's radars. Um, I think that was the obvious number one. Number two, Colin Smith. Colin Smith uh, is a guy who had some NBA buzz before his freshman year. I don't know if I see it currently, him being an NBA player, um, but it's it's there in the realm of possibilities. Jason Rivera-Torres at three. Uh, there's a long way to go there, but um, he can really get it on his own. Um, he's got the prototypical NBA body, and I think he does a lot of really good things. And then Lee Dort uh, at number four. Those are the four I had. Dort, I think, has the physical tools and – has the athleticism to be an NBA player, whether his game comes along that way. I'm not sure. Also, there was a question on the board about the schedule. I will answer that on the board uh, right after this. So we won't have to get to that. But if you ask that question, I forget who it was. Uh, it's coming. It's coming soon. 
It's coming soon. There you have it. Joey Dwyer, the basketball insider, just ran, running through questions there like a like a madman. But he's a he's he's a basketball guy. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's the one for Vanderbilt basketball. So uh, Joey Dwyer. Also, guys, uh, stay up to date with Vanderbilt basketball. The board with Joey. He's got updates. He's got stories going out. Also, follow both of us on Twitter. I'm Billy Derek 10. Joey, you are Joey underscore DWY. There it is. So I'm Billy Derek. He's Joey Dwyer. Again, we're going to have a lot more of these getting closer to basketball season. We'll have a lot more content. Of course, we'll be active on the message boards with any other updates, injury updates, things like that. Uh, so stay tuned. But Joey, I thought it was a good little first basketball episode here. And uh, we will we'll have another one soon. And uh, we'll probably be previewing the backcourt, I would guess. So uh, stay tuned for that. I think Vanderbilt fans uh, will be excited for that. So again, that is Joey Dwyer. I'm Billy Derek, And thank you for tuning in to the first basketball episode here on a Vandy Sports Podcast.